From the lava pit of a long dormant volcano rise two unexpected heroes, Lumpy Bagpipes Jr. and Tipsy Sasquatch. Lumpy met Sasquatch one day, and likewise I'm sure, now they sit and talk about things that no one cares about, the Lumpy and Sasquatch show. Sasquatch and Lumpy, the Lumpy and Sasquatch Show. Okay, welcome to the Lava Pit. What are we going to talk about today, Sasquatch? We're going to talk about one of our favorite topics. Cats. Well, that is one of our favorite topics. But today we're going to talk about science fiction and fantasy films from the 1980s. The 1980s are great. We love the 1980s. That's when all culture stopped for Lumpy. (laughs) Interestingly, science fiction and fantasy get lumped together a lot. But they are different things. And you know we always do a wonderful skit in our shows because we're writers as well as monsters. (laughs) So we usually do it at the end of the show. We're going to do the skit first this time around to help clarify maybe some differences you might not be aware of. So, take it away, skit. And now, from the Lava Pit Playhouse, the Lumpy and Sasquatch Troubadours present Rattlesnake Chili. Want some rattlesnake chili? Yes! Wait. What's rattlesnake chili? Is it extra hot? Is it extra spicy? Does it have weird beans? It's chili with rattlesnake in it. Where did you get a rattlesnake? He was curled up in the shed. Wow. He tried to bite me. I hit him with a shovel. Now he's in my chili. Is that safe? Chopping up a rattlesnake and throwing him in a pot of chili does not seem safe. I didn't put the bones in. Or the rattle. I don't think I put the venom thing in. I'm gonna have some. I think I'll pass. Mmm... Little tough, little stringy, but that's good diamond back. Maybe now something mystical will happen to you. What do you mean? By eating him, the spirit of the snake will transport you to another place, like in some kind of fantasy movie. I think you mean some kind of science fiction movie. No, a fantasy movie. No, science fiction is based in science. My digestive process and the way my body reacts to rattlesnake meat is understood thanks to years of systematic study through observation and experiment. Science. No. Yes. No! If anything were to happen to you, it would be because of supernatural or magical elements. Like the snake curse of a thousand coils sends you drifting from our reality to a land where people slither on the ground like snakes and snakes drive around in cars like people. As in a fantasy movie. No. Yes. Science fiction is possible or may be possible. If something happened to me here in real life, it would be possible because it's actually happening in real life. No! Fantasy is based on magic. Maybe the dead snake will give you dreams that are visions of the future. That would be supernatural. Science fiction. 
like Blade Runner or RoboCop or Brazil. There aren't rattlesnakes in RoboCop. No, but Joanna Cassidy has a replicant python in Blade Runner. Doesn't matter. It would be fantasy like The Princess Bride or Field of Dreams or Conan the Barbarian. There are R-O-U-S's and shrieking eels in The Princess Bride, but there aren't rattlesnakes. No, but James Earl Jones turns into a snake in Conan. I just think... I, uh, wait, I, uh, uh, uh-oh, you may be right. I think I'm about to be transported to another place. What's wrong? I, I don't feel so good. I, uh, I think I got some venom. I need to go to the hospital. I don't feel so good. Nausea? Tingling? Lightheaded? Aching and throbbing? Difficulty breathing? Uh-huh. I don't feel so good. That's your body reacting to the venom. That's science. You win. Okay, I think that cleared a lot up. There are two films that I frequently get mixed up. Maybe you can help me with this. One is called Short Circuit, and one is the film that I think you love called Batteries Not Included. I remember my college roommate, Jeff, because Batteries Not Included was released during Christmas break, so we didn't see it together or anything, but we were both big Spielberg fans, and we got back, and we were at the Mississippi Flyaway in Carbondale, and I think he said something like, it should have been called Brains Not Included. (laughs) It was just awful. Batteries Not Included is awful. You know, the 1980s was one of the greatest decades for films, particularly science fiction and fantasy films. Why are we starting with Batteries Not Included (laughs) instead of The Empire Strikes Back or The Road Warrior or Blade Runner or or The Princess Bride or Highlander? That's true. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. You know what film that I remember as a kid that just totally transformed formed my mind gone with the wind no it was a film from the 80s called ghostbusters do you remember that film you know like those kids in stranger things how they want to dress up like ghostbusters and take their proton packs with them while they go trick-or-treating and stuff that was me i loved that film and i wanted the video game on atari and i wanted the slimer toy yes ghostbusters was iconic landmark film for many of us i remember seeing it it was released the same day as gremlins it was a tough choice that friday deciding whether to see ghostbusters or gremlins ghostbusters is a terrific film so, yeah we saw ghostbusters on friday and then gremlins on saturday do you regret your decision not at all while gremlins is a great movie and i love it ghostbusters is the more iconic formative for me especially with all the comedians involved so yeah i don't regret it at all yeah, totally brilliant film. Definitely stands the test of time. I still love watching Gremlins at Christmas time. Clearly a Christmas movie, by the way. Yeah, but it was a summer blockbuster. Yeah, well, of course. And why isn't Joe Dante directing anymore? I don't know. There was a great movie from a couple years ago called The Hole that he directed, which was yeah. about a hole. And it was it was very good. And then he was also working on a film about a dead zombie girlfriend and scenes were <laughs> emerging from it. So you would go to some of these geek websites and you'd get to see like a three minute scene from this movie that he was supposedly working on. I haven't heard anything about him ever since. That's good and he directed Inner Space. Do you like that movie? I lumped that in with Batteries Not Included and Short Circuit where I'm not overly fond of it. Batteries Not Included, not good inner space eh. but i don't know i i have a soft spot for short circuit i understand that some of the portrayals in the film would not fly today Let's it's anti-robot i love robots you know who else i love is jim henson jim henson had a hand in several of these movies he did both dark crystal and labyrinth
Labyrinth came out in the 80s, and they were offbeat for Henson's company. They were not your traditional Muppets. They told stories in unique ways. But I love both of those films. David Bowie, did you know, was not the first choice for that role in Labyrinth. I think I knew that. The first choice was Billy Idol. Billy Idol? <laughs> no, it wasn't. That can't be true. <laughs> the Billy Idol, just so we know, was the first choice for the T-1000 in Terminator 2. But that's the 90s. Wow. We're not talking about that. That's fascinating. No, I believe it was Michael Jackson was the first choice for that. And he didn't end up doing it. And uh, I think he might have regretted it to some degree. And he ended up working for Disney after that. He did Captain, Captain EO. The thing that I remember most about Labyrinth, I loved it when it came out. I was never, I never was able to get into the Dark Crystal. I need to see it again. But Labyrinth, I just remember the previews. And yes, it was Jim Henson. It was George Lucas. It was David Bowie. This was the trailer of like these visionary, iconic artists. But the thing that really made me look forward to seeing that film was the screenplay was by Terry Jones from Monty Python. Wow. That was what I was really looking forward to. There are other Monty Python <coughs> films on our list. Brazil, a Terry Gilliam film. Yes. Are you a big fan of Gilliam's I, work in Brazil? I, I love Terry Gilliam's work a couple years ago. I watched all of Gilliam's films, even the awful ones. Brazil still stands up. It's a wonderful film. Amazing history with that film, with everything that he did to get it released the way he wanted it to get released. Our lava pit at the time was in a small town in Illinois and we had to drive to St. Louis to see it. Wow. And it's actually the second film in his trilogy. The first film is Time Bandits, then Brazil, then The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Mm. And the trilogy is fantasy. Time Bandits, what is fantasy to a child? Yes. Brazil, what is fantasy to the middle-aged? Hmm. Adventures of Baron Munchausen, what is fantasy to the old? That's brilliant. Or elderly. And all three of those films are brilliant. I think Baron Munchausen gets a bad rep these days, but yeah. I love it. And now, some of these films are based on other things. They're based on either legends or they're based on books probably my very favorite although we, we talked about Ghostbusters which I have a deep deep love for but my favorite fantasy film from the 80s has to be The Princess Bride I absolutely love that film I probably have seen that film more than any other picture except perhaps the first Star Wars movie it's great interesting thing with The Princess Bride I remember seeing it in college and I went to the theater that night that it came out fell asleep wow rented it fell asleep <laughs> Always sometime after they get into the swamp of eternal stench or whatever it's called. <laughs> For many, many viewings, I would fall asleep during that movie. I think I've stayed awake since then. But you know, once you get past the sword fight and there's not as much Andre the Giant in it, I think they start to nod off a little bit. Yeah, there's some great stuff in the back half. Of course, uh, Billy Crystal... And Carol Kane make memorable uh, cameos in the film. And Andrew the Giant is always great throughout the film. He has just terrific lines. And here's the other thing. It is true that the adventure of the first half is, is really, more, really exciting. And more rousing. And more rousing. You know, and he, he goes through all these trials. He defeats the swordsman and defeats the giant. And he defeats, you know, the trials of it are really exciting. Now, speaking of The Princess Bride, who do you think of as making some of the best 80s fantasy movies? Hmm. Peter Falk. <laughs> <laughs> he was in The Princess Bride. Yeah. And he was in Wings of Desire. That's true. Which was one of the greatest films, not just of the 80s, but of all time. Premier Magazine made a list of the best movies of the 80s. Yeah. And Wings of Desire was like number two behind E.T. Yeah. Have you seen Wings of Desire? I have, but it's been a very, very long time. I it's a wonderful it. German film about an angel that falls in love with a trapeze artist. And it's just an amazing film. And it has Nick Cave in it. And we talked about him on another podcast. That's right. Really. You know who else had a great career in the 80s and 
ended up in some exciting films. Michael Keaton, you remember that guy? He was in this film called Beetlejuice. It's about this mm. guy named Beetlejuice, and you call his name three times. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Oh, well, don't shoot. Do it. Yeah, I gotta be careful. He was in Night Shift. <laughs> <laughs> I loved Michael Keaton in the 80s. He was my favorite. Yeah. I'm still like, I'll watch a movie just because he's in it. Here's somebody else uh, that a big impact in the 80s. Steven Spielberg. Oh. Did, did you ever see E.T.? You know what that stands for? That's about for? that walking mushroom. No, no. E.T. stands for the extraterrestrial. Oh, yeah. It's about uh, like kind of a shriveled little, like a hammerhead prune. He shows up and befriends these kids and likes Reese's Pieces. It's pretty exciting. They fly on a bicycle. Yeah, I've seen that. Oh, okay. Yeah, everybody flies on bicycles these days. You know what would be more exciting than flying on a bicycle? Eating a bicycle. <laughs> Lumpies eat anything. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> Did you ever see any of those films by the governor of California? Who? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, he had some good movies in the oh, 80s. Oh, man. Terminating Guy, Term I think it was term called. Terminating Fella, yeah. Conorg. Conorg, <laughs> the... Cronin... <laughs> Kroner. I think it was about South African currency. Or... Yeah, no, no. Conan the Barbarian, as well as its sequel, Conan the Destroyer. Right. Uh, was he in that Predator film? Predator, another yeah. great one up there with uh, Robocop. Yeah, he was in some good movies. Yeah, good stuff. Whatever happened to him? I don't know. Yeah, he was the Austrian Oak. <laughs> We keep hearing that there might be a third Conan movie. Like, weird and awesome. Yes. Mainly awesome. Mainly awesome. It would be about an old King Conan in the same tone as Logan. Him being elderly in, in his final days. Would, would Grace would be Jones be in that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of sword movies uh, like Conan we haven't talked about Highlander which was a great movie I think I saw that two nights in a row I saw it Friday night and I was like this movie's amazing and then I went to see it again Saturday night how did you see all these movies well when I was a senior in high school I got into every theater in town free Why for, for, for a variety of reasons yeah, I had friends that worked at the Showplace 6 which is now like the Showplace 13 for some reason the mall cinemas asked me to coordinate skits before <laughs> For their midnight movies. Wow. And we would get up on the stage and do some dumb skit that I had written. And then they would show the midnight movie. And people that go to midnight movies don't want to see skits. Did you know that? <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> but anyway, I got a lot of free passes for that. So yeah, I saw Highlander. That was that was a good time period because The Hitcher came out around that time too. And I think I saw that Friday night and then Saturday night. Have you seen The Hitcher? No. It's a horror movie, not fantasy yeah. or sci-fi. Well, what about The Thing? Yes, The Thing is probably the greatest sci-fi fantasy horror movie right. of the 80s. And, and you would never be able to watch it. It's terrifying. Is this Carpenter? Yes, John Carpenter. The great John Carpenter. Yeah, he's the best. We have to touch on The Thing. They Live. Have you seen They Live? I have not seen that. Okay. Live. So have you seen Escape from New York? I have seen Escape from New Thank York. Thank God. Did they make a sequel of Escape They did. It was Escape from L.A. wasn't as good, and it was a huge, huge, huge flop that I don't think John Carpenter ever recovered from. Hmm. You know who we have to talk about, too? Who? Legend. Oh, Legend. The great Tim Curry. Yes. See? You knew. It's like Legend. Kind of a bad movie. Yes. Not great. Has some good stuff in it. But Tim Curry in Legend is amazing. Amazing. Tim Curry was in all kinds of cool, weird films at the time. I think if you gave an award for most great performances in horrible movies, <laughs> so you take Tim Curry in Legend, you take Tim Curry in Congo, mm. you take Tim Curry in McHale's Navy, Oof. which was dreadful, but he's the bad guy and he's amazing. Probably get in trouble for saying this, but I would add to that Muppet Treasure Island. I think it's not a great film. It's not a great Muppet film, but he is fantastic in it. 
All right, so are you ready for your quiz? I am ready. All I'm right. so ready. So, this is about some 80s fantasy movies. Okay. This quiz is called Beastmaster or Crow. <laughs> I'm in so much trouble. <laughs> the Beastmaster is a wonderful fantasy film. It was released in 1982. Crow, another great fantasy movie, released in 1983. Mm. Prime 80s fantasy mm. okay so here are your questions the director of this movie went on to direct a film about an elderly elvis presley and jfk fighting a mummy in an old folks home mm. Beastmaster. That... yes that was the great don cascarelli i hope i'm saying that right very good the director of this movie directed robert mitchum in the friends of eddie coyle one of his last great roles i'm gonna go with crawl here. yes yeah. yeah good you're doing great yeah this movie has a beautiful woman who needs to be rescued. Mm. Is that a trick question? Mm. How about Beastmaster? It's both. I <laughs> knew it was a trick question. Okay, this movie has weird bird people that dissolve their prey into puddles of goo. Crawl. No, that's Beastmaster. Uh, puddles of goo. This movie had a video game on the Atari 2600. That would be Crawl. Yes. We would also have accepted the film noir from 1948, Pitfall, with Dick <laughs> Powell and Elizabeth Scott. You know, Pitfall, <laughs> the video game, has nothing to do with the film noir. Well, they have the same title and they're both awesome. <laughs> that's true. That is true. This movie has a thing that goes around and around and does stuff. <laughs> Beastmaster. No, that's Crawl. It's the <laughs> thing that the guy, the hero threw, it had like all these blades and it went around that's, and around. That, that is the worst question I've ever heard. If you had said a weapon with like knife well, I'm not things. Well, give it away. Well, that, oh my gosh. The, okay, this movie approaches some of the same societal inequalities covered in the 1990 Jim Barney vehicle, <laughs> Ernest Goes to Jail. This is terrible. Crawl. <laughs> no, both movies elaborate on the theme of social inequality. That, that, you're horrible at this. Partial credit. Actually, I've done quite well in this. This this movie was not nominated for any Oscars. Both. Good. Very good. This movie was based on a character created by Robert E. Howard, who also created Conan the Barbarian. Crow. No. Cull. Cull the Conqueror. No. That was a trick question. <clears throat> no. R. It called, starred Kevin Sorbo and Harvey Firestein. Oh, that's terrible. If you can picture Harvey Firestein in a barbarian movie. <laughs> Harvey, I love you. Harvey, you're awesome. Hey, <laughs> I was in one of your plays in college. He was the voice of uh, one of those characters in Mulan, right? Yeah, one of those uh, those guys trying to join the army in ancient China. It would make sense. He's got that voice. Yeah. So that was our quiz, and you did horribly. I did fine. You had like 18 trick questions in there. Well, sometimes life is full of tricks. And a question where you talked about a spinny thing. Like, I'm supposed to know what that is. If you had said a weapon with pointy things on it that goes wanna, around and around. I want to point out that two years ago, when we had kind of just first met in the lava pit, there was a 70 millimeter film festival at the Music Box Theater. That was showing Krull. That's true. And I asked you every day if you wanted to go see Krull. And I posted a billion things on your Facebook page yeah, yeah. about Krull. And if you would have gone to see Krull, you would have known what the pointy spinny thing was. Well, I've seen the pointy spinny thing. That's not the problem. The problem is your question. All right. Do you want your final question? All right. Give, give, right, give me the final question. Lumpy and Sasquatch have traveled to Prague to see the 1984 masterpiece chud do you know what chud stands for no cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers wow on a 70 millimeter screen at 
after the film, they see that 80s icons Duran Duran are playing at Meat Factory. Since they both love Duran Duran, they rush the door, overthrow security, and muscle their way into the concert. Sasquatch shouts out a request for Duran Duran to play Hallucinating Elvis. Lumpy yells out for them to play Pop Trash Movie. Which song does Duran Duran play? Lumpies or Sasquatches? Well, here's the truth. They're going to play Lumpies because more people know it and it sounds like it's going to be fun and exciting. But in their hearts, they're going to wish they had played Sasquatches. You're wrong. This was another trick question. The answer is neither because honestly, nobody listens to Lumpy and Sasquatch. Would you like to do our closing remarks and thank our audience? I would like to thank our audience. I bet we've lost most of you throughout this episode. I think maybe six or seven of you still remain. We love you. Thank you so much. If you are new to us, please like us on Facebook at Lumpy Sasquatch. You can follow us on Twitter, also at Lumpy Sasquatch. And thank you so much, as always, for joining us. We'll see you in another two weeks. Bye-bye. Bye! The Lumpy and Sasquatch theme was written by Bob Garrix. Our introduction was recorded by Kimberly Logan. Lumpy and Sasquatch's artwork was designed by Jake Friend. Sasquatch and Lumpy, the Lumpy and Sasquatch show.